You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Henson, and welcome to my podcast, my lovely friends. I am so excited that you're joining me today. If you are new around here, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are a seasoned Refined Hippie podcast listener, then of course, welcome back. And I appreciate your support so much. Um, For all of those who have been liking and sharing and subscribing to my podcast, thank you so much. If you haven't already done so, it would mean the absolute world to me if you you know, share this on Instagram, if you're listening to it and you're enjoying it or, you know, post it to your story um, and subscribe because then you can be updated right when I post a new episode Um, and it'll be put right into your whatever platform you're listening to it on uh, Spotify or Google, whatever you're listening to it on. And it also helps with SEO. I am super excited about this episode today as I always am. (laughs) But before we get into it, I have just uh, a couple announcements. The first is for those who are listening who are from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, kind of the Southeast Coast, um, in a month, October 19th, the fourth annual Low Country Veg Fest is happening on Hilton Head Island. And I'm super stoked. This is the third year that uh, my husband and I will be attending. It is a super fun day. There are lots of different vendors, food vendors, apparel, kombucha, beer. Uh, nonprofits are out there spreading awareness about different sanctuaries. Um, people are out there spreading uh awareness or information about plant-based diet and why it can be beneficial to you. So um, even if you're not a plant-based vegan, maybe you are wanting to eat less meat or just kind of curious about it all or just want to come eat some really good food, just come on out. It's going to be awesome. Um, Every year they have different speakers. This year is the Joyful Vegan who is, oh my gosh, how many followers does she have? Well, she just wrote a book. Uh, and let's see, she has 60,000 followers on Instagram. She's an author, a podcaster, animal advocate. And uh, so she's going to be there speaking. I'm super excited. You can check out her Instagram at Joyful Vegan. There's going to be live music. Uh, there's lots of activities for the kids. So it's definitely family friendly. And I cannot tell y'all how much fun I've had every single year. One year they did have uh, somebody had set up a booth and they had a rescue pig there, which was really fun. His name was Pierre. So all the kids and adults <laughs> got to meet Pierre. Um, I think he was a little nervous. He didn't come back the next year because there were a lot of people he wasn't used to. But who knows? Maybe there'll be some another a different pig this, this year or um, other little friends. But it is a lot of fun and so much good food, y'all. Like so many different people and vendors from around the southeast will be there. Fox and Fig from Savannah. Um, Delicio, which is from Hilton Head. I am obsessed with their food. And every time we're in Hilton Head, we have to stop there uh, several times. <laughs> but uh, there's another restaurant that's going to be there, Plant Power Cafe. I think that is a new restaurant opening up in Hilton Head soon. But it's going to be a really fun time. I usually stay the whole day. I absolutely love it. The food is amazing. You basically just eat your way through the whole day, which is what these kind of festivals are for. If you happen to go and you see me wandering around, I would love it if you would come up and say hi. So 
don't be shy. Um, say hi. <laughs> and um, I look forward to possibly seeing some of y'all there. It's at Shelter Cove, October 19th, Hilton Head Island. Um, the second kind of announcement is about Tipolink, which I've spoken about before, but I am super passionate about this platform that I think can change the way uh, creators on the internet get paid. So if you or someone you know is a blogger, podcaster, YouTuber, writer, artist, musician, author, really anyone creating some type of content that they're posting or you're posting on the internet, this is totally for you. Tiplink is a platform that lets your supporters tip you money. So if they are enjoying and finding value in what you're doing, they can give you a little boost. Just like you would tip a waitress or whatnot. It can be as little or as much as you'd like or they'd like um, and whenever they want. So there's some other platforms out there right now that require people to sign up for a subscription. I, for one, have enough subscriptions in my life. Netflix, Amazon, all these things. I cannot handle another subscription. So and I, I wouldn't want uh, to ask my supporters to sign up for another one either. This allows them to tip whenever they want, how much they want, and I think it could really revolutionize the way people can monetize uh, their businesses. So check it out at tipalink.com. You can watch videos on how it works, how to implement it onto your site. So check that out. Today's guest get right into it, is Dr. Carrie Stone, a chiropractor here in the Charleston area. Dr. Carrie has been a chiropractor for over 16 years, studying at the Cleveland Chiropractic College cum laude. She specializes in a special uh, upper cervical technique called the Blair upper cervical, <laughs> which relieves pressure from the delicate brainstem area that controls many of our major functions of the body. Dr. Carey got into chiropractic care, like a lot of us get into uh, health or wellness. Um, she had her own health struggles. And long story short, we're going to talk about it, but she found chiropractic care, which changed her life. And in turn, she found her calling. We obviously get into her story and why she became a chiropractor, the history of chiropractic care, the industry, the medical world in general, and how the nerves in our spine are connected to all different organs. And we also talk about gluten, dairy, making conscious choices to take care of our minds and bodies, and really empowering people by education and awareness so they can make the right choices for their own health. So I think you're going to really love this interview. I loved being able to sit down and chat with her other than uh, the brief times that I see her in her office. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Dr. Carrie Stone. Hi, Dr. Carrie. Hello. Good Thanks morning. for coming over to report this, record this podcast with me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here today. This is the first time I've seen you, I think, outside of the office. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's good. Yeah, it's funny that we don't run in, into each other like other places. I, I feel agree. Like. I don't know, but you work a lot. I, so Yes, I'm there a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. So. Um, I was looking up 
the history of chiropractic care. And I think it's pretty interesting that it started in Iowa and you're from Iowa. That is absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. I didn't discover it in Iowa, but right. it did start in Iowa. That's that's very true. Isn't and there's funny? it traces back to you probably read Even Hippocrates oh, actually. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. he was um But they didn't call it that probably. Correct. But, right. Yes. What but did they he call connected it um, I'm not sure what he called it, but they connected the correction of the spine to the health of the body. Oh. So clear back then, um, but then it kind of got lost along the way. And right. um, and then, you know, osteopaths um, were kind of developing a different type of adjusting, more of like a mobilization, not so much correcting to take pressure off the nervous system, but more mm. of like a mobilization of the joints and the body as a whole kind of along the same time. So, mm-hmm. and that was in Missouri, <laughs> Kirksville, oh Missouri. Gosh, so yeah, the origins were really close and yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of really brilliant people came before me to get the type of chiropractic that I do to where now. it is today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what is your origin story as I call it? Like yes. why did you get interested in chiropractic care yes. or like, you know, what, what was your life like before? I love to share my story. Um, I was, if you go all the way back, um, I can see the whole big picture now. It took me a while to piece all the pieces together, Mm. but I really truly feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Um, But I was a forceps baby. I was the first born. Um, I had bruises on my face when (gasps) I was born. I was a really sick kid. Um, I was hospitalized with asthmatic bronchitis in an incubator with a high fever um, at around the age of two. I was always that kid that like back then it was like wear your undershirts so your chest doesn't get cold because you have asthma and I was on asthma medication um, that's actually banned now I was on. Oh, yeah, it's it's no longer. Um, but it would it was a stimulant to open up my lungs and my mm. hands would shake when they would raise my um, prescription level. So oh that's God. that was elementary school for me. And my parents did a lot of really good things. Well, we had a garden and mm-hmm. everything was very you know a lot of things were very fresh on the farm. Mm-hmm. But they my mom had had rheumatic fever as a result of strep throat that had gone too long. So she would rush us to the doctor immediately when some because of that and so I had a lot of additional antibiotics Mm -hmm. that um helped to contribute to some gut issues Mm -hmm. over the years which I know you can completely Mm, relate to I understand that (laughs) and so fast forward to senior year of college it all kind of um led to some pretty significant sinus issues that were chronic and severe so when I have patients come into my office and they have really severe issues, I hesitate to say, I understand what you're going through yeah. because sinus issues don't sound that bad. Right. But my life at the time was very tough because I was low energy. You know, when you have a sinus infection, oh, you just, awful. yeah, you don't feel well. You have all this head pressure. Yeah. Your energy is really low. That was my biggest issue. And so I went through that journey um, through the medical, you know, recommendations, lots of antibiotics over like a year and a half period. Mm. And then they said, well, you need sinus surgery. We're just going to do like the rotor rooter, clean out mm. your sinuses, and that will help you not have sinus issues. So I did that spring break of my senior year of college. 
And I still kept getting sinus infections. So at that point, I kind of drew a line in the sand. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people like you and I get to that point where Mm -hmm. we're frustrated and we're, you know, my mind is very much of like a problem-solving mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at all of the things that I had done and none of it solved my problem. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started thinking for myself. And I stopped going to the doctor um, because I was I was getting sicker, mm-hmm. and I started learning about nutrition. I didn't really know that much about nutrition, nutrition like most people, yeah. and I started changing my diet. I mean, I was drinking Diet Coke oh, and yeah. like yeah. I look all back. the like main number one things that you should like cut out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I you know didn't eat a lot. Of, I, I would have sugar. Like I didn't monitor sugar or, mm-hmm. or dairy or anything. Gluten. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't do it all at once. I started yeah. with, I don't know, sugar, thing, I think, yeah. because I kind read about candida. And, yeah. And um, I had severe overgrowth of candida in my mm-hmm. body. Um, it was it was, it was was not good. And so I learned well, about... Well, yeah, with a sinus yeah. issue, then no wonder, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I learned all about candida and um, started there. And then I started studying a nutrition program online mm-hmm. just thinking maybe I'll become a nutritionist mm-hmm. to help people get healthy mm-hmm. but nutrition wasn't the whole package for me right. like it helped me but I still was getting sick a lot mm-hmm. and I answered an ad in a newspaper which really dates what? me <laughs> <laughs> there was this That's little awesome. ad in a newspaper I'll never forget and I answered this ad in a newspaper to work at a chiropractor's office. And I was working as a chemist at the time. Chemist? In a food manufacturing plant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and How ironic. It dovetailed with, I thought, oh, chemistry is going to look good on my resume if I do nutrition. But what we were doing at that plant was nothing nutrition related. Oh. We actually manufactured White Castle buns and muffin mixes. Oh, no. And the food we were producing was... None. really unhealthy yeah. and um, highly processed yeah nothing were, good about there it there were bags of preservatives on the floor where I'd walk to get samples that had skull and crossbones on them and said poison what? literally not making this up and oh so but I think I had That's to so see crazy. that too like you know you don't eat a cheese it and say oh this has little pieces little amounts of preservatives that are poison in larger quantities right. yeah you you know but um but if you really think about it that's the origin of it right. and they in order for it to stay stable on the shelf they had to put something in it to allow it to wow. stay shelf stable so I did that for a year then I applied for this position at a chiropractor's office and took a you know walked in it was a part-time job. Yeah. I took a pay cut to work yeah. there, but I, I walked in the office and I knew I needed to work there. It was wow. like this overwhelming feeling. And like I said, I think I was just meant to be a chiropractor. Right. Um, so I went down the street, got a waitressing job so I could work there. Nice. And um, he said, well, I want to take you through as a new patient. I want you to experience what it's like for our patients wow. to come you know, to the office, which I thought was really brilliant you know and so he started caring for me so he took x-rays I had no pain yeah I thought chiropractic was just for well yeah if you just had a back pain or something yeah right and he said no your nervous system controls every single function of your body and where you have a misalignment whether you can feel it or not that's 
areas where the nerves may not be able to function at 100%. And if you correct those, not only does it help the body be healthier, but it also prevents arthritis and more severe issues later on, disc bulges and things like that. And so he x-rayed me. My neck was a mess. Oh, my gosh. had no idea. Wow. Um, I used to break horses on the farm. I had so many little injuries, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And just thought I was fine because I didn't yeah. have any pain. And, you were so, young, and like when you're young and doing those things, you don't think that it hurts you. You're young. Like, you're resilient. You know, I can jump from this high thing and jump around right. and like fine I'm yes I'm 12 <laughs> yes exactly and and that's how I grew up on the farm like yeah. wild and free um so I he started adjusting me and it was like a light it was very quick for me to see results with chiropractic oh, yeah. I probably started getting my energy back within a three-week period and I'm a pretty high energy person. Yeah. And so to go from somebody who's like, if you had a cold, I would get a cold. Like my immune system was so depleted. Wow. One of the biggest things that chiropractic did for me was restore my immune system. Mm-hmm. And here I'd been trying, but the, nothing really was that quick Yeah. besides chiropractic. So I worked for him. Well, I don't want to skip over the part where he showed me on a chart that then one of the vertebrae in my neck that was really out was C2 and those are the nerves that go to your sinuses. That was my light bulb moment. That's when I realized that. That connection. Yes. And, um, it's like the missing piece of the puzzle, you know, you've been trying all this other stuff, but it's only going to work. It can only work so well because this one thing is in blocking it. And my sinuses weren't draining, even though they had rotorooter them, the cilia weren't working on my sinuses because Mm -hmm. the nerve supply wasn't working well. And I can literally trace that back to my birth. So when I ask patients about their birth, <laughs> a lot of times they don't know, you yeah. know, especially, and, and that you can have your first misalignment at birth. That's the wow. crazy part. So, um, you know, he, he encouraged me to go to chiropractic school and my parents thought I was crazy. <laughs> um, they were like, wait a second, you have a degree. What are you doing? Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, no, I was not, I was, this is what I'm supposed to do. Wow. And so I went back to school for four more years year oh round. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of three undergrads to get a, a chiropractic degree beyond your undergrad. What? So people don't realize that. And we we are heavy on anatomy. We're heavy on x-ray, yeah. heavy on, you know, more nutrition training. Right. We just so nice. yeah. don't learn the pharmaceutical aspect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a really good education and I had a lot of really good mentors along the way. Wow. And I found some techniques that work really well that are very gentle. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's my wow. <laughs> origin story. That's amazing. I mean, the whole, like, birthing thing, like, who would think that, you know? Yes. I mean, that's I why think, I see babies, too. Yes. yes. And you're so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, when people think of chiropractic care and then they think of, like, you adjusting babies, it's like, not the same what you're doing to a baby as it is obviously an adult. Absolutely. Completely different. Completely different. Like I went through a year-long training to learn how to adjust babies because they're completely different. Yeah. 
Um, and you you find the vertebra, which is easy to find because there's they like don't no have muscle. muscle. Yeah, they're <laughs> well, like squishy like, little babies. Yeah. <laughs> and you just hold it. Like half the time, the parents are like, "Oh, are you doing something?" Doing something? <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna hold this vertebra until it Yay. slips back in on its own." And it's so gentle, and the babies like snuggle into me. Like Aww. it feels good to them. And. Oh my gosh. You, you kind of bond with them when you're working on them. Yeah. And dogs are the same way. Like, mm. we just rescued a dog um, not that long ago that had an issue with his back. We didn't know it when we got mm. him, but he loves to get adjusted. Like, it's his love language, I think. Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, babies are, are fantastic, and you can prevent so many problems as they grow. When those, when those vertebrae um, are out of alignment and they grow out of alignment, it becomes a much more chronic issue as opposed to when you address it sooner. It's a lot easier to address. Mm-hmm. Even, like, hip dysplasia, I can, oh. you know, help prevent that from becoming a bigger issue. Right help prevent hip replacement later on in life. You know, just a lot of things that you can um, Mm -hmm. address. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, when I came to see you, I think I was, I was um, referred to you by my friend Janelle. Yes. Who you have helped her. Yeah. She's amazing. Yes. Um, And I had no idea. Like we had, you know, x-rays done for, for me and my neck was all messed up. Which I think it had like beginning signs of yeah arthritis or whatever. Yeah. Is that what you would say? Early, yeah. Early signs. Um, which was probably from, I mean, probably just life in general. But the main thing that the only thing that I could think of was that I had gotten in a wreck, you know, when I was 16. Absolutely. Somebody rear-ended me, yeah. which I didn't feel. I mean, I think right when it happened, I do remember just being like, oh, yeah, it feels kind of sore. But then it was fine the next day. So I'm not going to like pursue this person to you know like I'm not the type to sue anyway right, <laughs> so right. um and and you don't know to and get I didn't that know right no away. I mean and yeah. I and I, at that point yeah I think you know in my mind I'm young like it'll it's fine like it'll it'll go away yeah little did I know like this whole time you know it was all screwed up <laughs> yeah yeah and you still you know came in relatively young so you are going to prevent a lot of future hey. issues you know the sooner yeah. you can address things but even somebody who's had chronic issues for a long time I never want anyone to feel like it's too late either right. on the opposite end of that spectrum um because you know I'm always honest with people if I don't think I can help them but right. there's a there's there's always something that can be done most of the time or let's get you on the path that you need to be on, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like get a, sometimes even it's just a second opinion. Like, Mm -hmm. do you really need surgery or is there something conservative that can help you? A lot of times people are um, wanting, you know, uh, a second different opinion. Right. So what do you think is the most like common issue that you see? Well, with the upper, you know, I specialize in the upper neck Mm -hmm. and I do adjust the full spine, but because of the specialty that I do, um, migraine headaches Mm. are something that I can typically really help people with just because of the really precise work we do in the upper neck. Um, there's always a component of the upper neck misalignment to migraines. Um, and then the other, I guess, 
you know, people that really, it's really rewarding to work with is if they've had a car accident and maybe mm-hmm. they've even had some chiropractic and some PT, but they're still having issues from that car accident. Those mm-hmm. chronic people really respond really well to the specificity of what I do since it's different than mm-hmm. just regular chiropractic. So, um, I would say, th- you know, those are probably the top two. And then we see us, you know, all different issues. All issues. Oh yeah. You know, obviously, um, and a lot of see a lot of pregnant patients. It's a really good time to yeah, get adjusted. They all, often have a lot of back problems, right? Yeah, or the pregnancy will highlight. <laughs> oh, you it'll know, make it even what's more, going um, on, and what people don't always realize is that that's a really healthy time to get adjusted because you have your bones are moving easier, and that can either work oh, for you or yeah. against you. Like it can work for you if you get adjusted during your pregnancy because we can correct things that may not be as easy to correct when you're not pregnant. Weird. Um, wow, yeah. And then I can't tell you how many people have come in to see me for the first time, like two years after their baby was born. They're chasing around a baby <laughs> and lifting and all that stuff, breastfeeding, and they feel beat up. They're like, this hip pain started when I was pregnant and it's never gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's it's definitely doable, but it's more difficult when things are all like cemented in after those hormones yeah. have gone away. Oh. Um, so that's just something I've noticed over the years is, is if people have the opportunity and know to mm-hmm. get adjusted during pregnancy is a really good time. Mm-hmm. So w- um, when I started seeing you, I think the like biggest aha like crazy moment was just learning about like you're talking about the nerves and how they're connected to all these different organs that like who knew most people don't know that most people do not know know that you just think like oh your spine is there to you know keep everything upright and (laughs) whatever um Yeah. yeah yeah you don't wake up in the morning and say I wonder how my nervous system is doing today. Right. <laughs> or I wonder how my brainstem is doing today. Yeah. Even though there's 24 really critical nerves that branch off your brainstem alone. Yeah. Uh, which is one of the reasons I chose to be a specialist in the C1, mm-hmm. C2 areas because the brainstem, you just get so much result, you know, so many results from taking pressure off that area. Right. But yeah, I never thought of it before no. I found chiropractic. I thought chiropractic was just for pain. Like I, my dad right. was a farmer and he would go when his back hurt. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing to me now is his chiropractor never educated him. And he, he has arthritis that could have been preventable. Oh, no. So you yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. And better, you know, late is better than never. But um, that's yeah. one of the reasons I take my the time to teach people about how to take care of their spine. And then right. it's up to them. Just like you teaching right. them about nutrition right. then it's up to them what choices they make but right. but let's make an educated decision right. well I think that's the key to it is just you know if you just tell somebody oh you should eat kale but you need to tell them why they're eating kale or why they're eating you know x y and z whatever it is I'm uh, kale is just an example yeah everybody doesn't have to eat kale but green leafy vegetables are amazing yes. <laughs> but like to explain to them why this is beneficial is the same as that you know like yes. Because then it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Well, and then it makes you want to do it more because you're like this. Because then you can feel, you know, when you're eating it, it just like feels better. Absolutely. <laughs> you feel like you're really doing something. Absolutely. Like, mm. I think education is key. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the key to good health is educating yourself how to be healthy mm-hmm. before you get sick. You know, yes. and, and you and I, um, we 
we had the privilege in some ways, but also we had the privilege of being sick young. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, even though it was hard, what yeah. you went through, what I went through wasn't easy, right? right. But it forced us mm-hmm. to either be sick or learn how to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think if people can be proactive ahead of time instead of letting things accumulate in their body, so bad, yeah. um, your body will take a lot of abuse, mm-hmm. <laughs> either physically, if we're talking about the spine, or or digestively, um, or yeah. building your cells with bad food. But after a while, it will rear its ugly head in some form, and your body will talk to you, and it will, you'll have a symptom at some point. I know. I think this is the most frustrating thing is when people – say, well, I'm healthy. I'm, I don't have any, you know, in their mind, they don't have any sim- quote unquote symptoms at this point. So they think, you know, whatever they're doing is fine. But then, yeah, in 20 years, what's going to happen? They're going to end up in the hospital for, you know, colorectal cancer or heart disease or whatever, you know, kind of ailment it is. And it's like this, these these things take years yes. to happen. Cancer takes years. Yes. It does not just happen. Like when you get diagnosed with cancer, yes. it's not like it just happened right yes. then. You know, this yes. was a buildup of decades, yes. you know, maybe more. I mean. Yeah. It, you know, and the root cause of mo- most diseases in the body, if you really want to simplify it. Inflammation? Is inflammation. Oh, yeah. Inflammation. And this, you know, arthritis of the spine, osteoarthritis. Mm-hmm. It's inflammation and the body trying to fix it with arthritis. It literally takes 12 to 15 years to even see a little tiny bone spur on an x-ray. Um, and that's just the start of it. When somebody has significant arthritis and significant loss of disc space, it takes 30 years, 25, 30 years to develop that. Uh Um, you know, inflammation of the gut, inflammation of the brain, dementia, um, all those types of things. It's like literally day by day. And I tell people, you know, what are you building your cells out of? Whatever you put in your mouth Mm -hmm. is what you're building your cells out of. So if you're building your cells out of bad fat, there's research that shows that those, the outer layer of your cells is a fatty layer. Mm If it's built out of French fry fat, you're going to have inflammation mm-hmm. in that cell as opposed to fish oil or like, or an algae oil, yeah. or, you know, if yeah. you're going from, a, from yeah. a vegetarian yeah. Yeah, perspective. Yeah. Um, but, you know, broccoli makes a lot healthier cells than, mm. you know, Cheetos. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and grains are to some extent inflammatory. And, you know, you, you know, this is something that, um, Thinking about your food choices mm-hmm. is important. Not to say you can't have a cheat day or whatever, yeah. but just thinking of your food choices on a daily basis. And um, I've heard you talk about this a lot. Like, and this has kind of inspired me. Like, not just eating to like get through the day, right. but like thinking a little bit more. The mindful, yeah. The mindfulness, yeah, and enjoying your food and slowing right. down. And um, you know, that's something that I'm working on. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's always a battle. And I'm not saying, you know, and, and I am not perfect about this. Like I, this morning I had a chia seed pudding that I was literally eating as I walked around the house. So like (laughs) everything is, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not finite and it's not going to be like this all the time, but to try to be mindful on it about, about it most of the time. And you don't have to be perfect. No. And that's, we're all trying to get better and learn and, um, there is no perfect. And I think that's, that can be scary for people making a lifestyle change because sometimes they're just like, well, I can't, I can't do that because that's impossible. But they're, they're looking at it at this perfection, you know, goal, 
but none of us are perfect, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And my, my new, if you want to talk about my nutrition journey, mm-hmm. um, it was cut out toxic foods like diet Coke and stuff like mm-hmm. in my early twenties. And then it was, um, sugar. Mm-hmm. And then it was dairy mm-hmm. for the sinus aspect. Right. And I'm still not perfect with yeah. that. And then gluten, I was a chiropractor telling people they should get off of gluten <laughs> and I'm drinking like seltzer water because my stomach is upset in between uh, patients. Gosh. And I remember thinking, no, it's too hard to get off gluten. I don't think I can get off gluten. Really? It's too hard. I remember. So you were telling people to not eat it, but you were still eating it? I was still oh, eating it. Oh, I kind of remember you saying that. And Actually, I think was... I've been seeing you when you were eating gluten. No, no, I mean... I've had a couple times where I've gotten off track, but really I've been gluten-free for the majority of like the last probably 10 years, give or take. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, But but early in practice, maybe four or five years in practice, I was still eating it. Every now and and then. And telling patients, you know, try getting off of it and see how you feel. But it's so much easier than... than, Now, yes. And when I tell people, you know, if you're thinking about it, if you slip up, it's okay. Like you're learning, you're, you know, you're figuring out what has gluten in it. Like there's a big educational process and then figuring out, okay, well, what can I have instead of this? Right. You know, and then explaining why gluten is bad, which I've talked about this before on the podcast that it's not necessarily the gluten. It's the glyphosate. Yes. Which is the biggest thing. I mean, because most people are like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm not celiac. Well, but are you, you know, sensitive to pesticides and chemicals because most people are yeah and and even if i feel like because some people maybe it doesn't affect them seemingly now right but what is it doing to your gut right that you don't even realize you know it's breaking down that gut lining barrier right so eventually you know you're gonna have and a friend of mine she really helped me a lot on the not cheating thing Mm because a lot of people cheat on gluten you know and uh, she said, every time you cheat and eat gluten, you are setting your gut back three months. Three months. Wow. She said it will take your body three months, which which we always yeah. say, you know, 120 yeah. days. If approximately yeah, to build new cells, yeah. right? right? So right. three to four months. That makes sense. Um, so she, like, that was, you know how somebody will say something and it really hits you between mm-hmm. the eyeballs? I was yeah. like, oh. Oh, crap. Yeah. I don't want any more of that. Yeah. So... Um, and it's a toxic load. Like none of us are perfect, but what do you want to add Roundup and, you know, glyphosate to your toxic load? Or do you want to maybe save that for something you don't know? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. And, and just once you feel the vibrancy and like, I felt so much better, the payoff was like so worth the small sacrifice. I felt lighter when I first went gluten-free. Like I felt like my blood was lighter. You know, and at first that, so that was the first thing that I did was I went gluten free, Yeah, but I was not diligent about it either. I would mm-hmm. be like, um, maybe just a little bite of this, you know, right. I'm going to taste that. Just, that looks really good. Yeah. And to me, I thought of it as like, you're like ripping off a scab every time that's going to uh. have to like, you know, in my mind, like if you're trying to repair something and you keep pulling off the scab, it's never going to repair. Right. It's going to take forever, yep. you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, and then recently, I think I told you about this, that I had had a piece of avocado toast. Right. And the, pl- the place, the bread looked amazing, and it was like a lo- from a local bakery. Right. So I was like, I just have half of this avocado toast. Derek and I shared right. the avocado toast. And the next day, I had inflammation in my left knee 
that I've never had before. It was not like a common, I've never had that type of pain in my knee. And I was 100% it was from that. Right. It was the first gluten I'd had. I mean, you know, that I knew about. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Maybe if I had a tiny little molecule here and there, like. Yeah something contaminated you know when when people when you go to restaurants and they're like are you celiac and i'll say like no like so if it's cooked on the same you know toaster that's fine but yeah i hadn't actually had a full piece of yeah yeah. you got glutened i got glutened yeah (laughs) yeah um and i think that's a really good time to say listen to your body Mm -hmm. for someone who may not know what they're sensitive to you can do the whole 30 or you can do an allergy elimination diet. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much information on how to do those right. on Pinterest and online. And if you go through that for 60 days, 30 days, that's yeah. how I knew I was gluten sensitive. Cause right. I had done that years before and I ate a piece of bread. Like when it was time for me to introduce it, to see if I was sensitive to it, I ate right. a piece of bread on an empty stomach and I felt like I had a rock in my stomach. What? It just felt like, my body wouldn't digest it. It was, it was, and then, you know, the bloating and all that that comes afterwards. And, um, I tell people, if you frequently have gas and bloating, you might be gluten sensitive. That's one of the hallmark signs. Or if you have like a puffy tummy, like that's that's a hallmark (laughs) sign. That's what we as practitioners look for as a sign that maybe gluten isn't your friend. And, but listening to your body, like listening to those little cues of Mm -hmm. what makes me feel better, whether it be chiropractic care, sleep patterns, food, Mm -hmm. what is, what do you need to do to have your body function at a hundred percent? And just getting back in tune to it. I mean, some people were just totally oblivious, I feel like too, at the same time. You know, our society definitely tends to push through and Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it too. You know, we tend to push through and ignore our body Mm -hmm. as opposed to listening. Mm -hmm. And when we're tired, it's okay to rest. And when you're, you Mm -hmm. know, when you have a lot of energy, it's okay to use it. Well, this is just like the American culture of like, go, 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 hustle. You have to be hustling. Otherwise you're, you know, Mm -hmm. a failure and you're lazy. Right. And I mean, I totally feel that pressure, you know, if I'm just like, you know what, I just want to sit on the couch right now and veg out. But then I'm like, oh, now I feel guilty for it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. It's almost like um, looking at it like, I'm going to make a conscious choice to Mm -hmm. sit down and read a book just for fun. Mm -hmm. Not even about nutrition or anything. Oh, I like reading I know. (laughs) And I do too. I do too. And I, it took me a long time to give myself permission Uh, to say, I'm going to read a fiction book and not have it be for any reason. Oh, I should do that. You know, and it's so like self-care. Yeah. You know, um, fun to do that. Yeah. We need to (laughs) get back to accepting that as a, you know okay thing <laughs> yeah and I'm working on it too that's that's the, the sea I'm swimming in right now yeah. so I totally coming from a place of talking to myself too yeah um what do you think is like the biggest hurdle of like chiropractic care and common public view because I feel like there's a lot of negative you know absolutely yeah absolutely no I'm really glad you asked that question because Mm -hmm. I love to talk to people about this Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of things that have contributed to that over the years um it goes back to the origin of chiropractic 
before the education of chiropractors was of it to a very highly educated level um and there's origins of you know a lawsuit between some chiropractors and the american medical association because there was a propaganda wilkes versus the ama if you look up that court case it was won by wilkes at all because there was a, a you know a um campaign against chiropractic by the American Medical Association, and that was fairly recent, like talking 25 years ago. Oh, really? That's it. Like in the early 90s. Um, So chiropractors have had to overcome that, but I think the other thing that hurts kind of the perception of chiropractic is that there's literally, and I haven't even looked this number up recently, but there's literally over 250 different chiropractic techniques, more being developed all the time. So if you just went to, you know, Google and Google chiropractor, literally the chances of all of those chiropractors doing the same technique is very slim. So the Mm. public doesn't realize that they actually need to educate themselves. Yeah. Mm. On what type of chiropractor is best fitting to their needs. Um, So there's chiropractors that specialize in sports. Mm. There's chiropractors that specialize in, you know, wellness care. There's chiropractors that specialize in pediatrics. There's chiropractors that specialize in really precise neck adjustments. Um, Mm. And so no two chiropractors are the same. And so I think it's if you've tried chiropractic one time and it didn't help you as much as you had anticipated, um, maybe don't write off the whole profession. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that you didn't get the right type of chiropractic for what your needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the PT profession is the same way. I refer out for um, pelvic floor PT because I have friends that specifically, you know, specialize in that. And then you're able to match someone's expertise up with what your needs are. And it's a lot more effective because that's what they do all day long. That's yeah. their wheelhouse. They're like, oh, I got this. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen 50 pregnant patients with, with yeah. you know, pelvic floor issues. I can do this. Yeah. So um, I think it's just a matter of knowing what – educating yourself on the type of chiropractor that you need and then right. also getting a referral mm. um, is mm-hmm. very helpful because – I'm not going to go to a dentist or a podiatrist or anything without a yeah. referral from someone yeah. and having, you know, that, researched that mm-hmm, person because mm-hmm. you're trusting them with your health. Yeah. And I take that trust very seriously um, because I'm, you know, a, a part of what my responsibility is to help your, help your body be as healthy as possible. Totally. I refer you to everyone I know <laughs> so there's that <laughs> and I was I referred to you by somebody else so like you know I mean yeah I think that's huge I'm not gonna just go to somebody out of the blue just like google and be like I'll go to them you know and you know in the nutrition world yeah it's the same way oh right? yeah yeah you have to find someone that's specialized in the kind of path that you well what you want to explore too I mean gut health versus you know um maybe skin health or you know there's all those there's so much yeah 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 but I think that that really answers your question is is just there's so many different types of chiropractors and chiropractic and 
the medical profession haven't always worked well in the sandbox and we need to work together. And I have a lot of medical doctors that are patients and I have a lot of medical doctors that are friends of mine. Yeah. And there are doctors that um, really believe in specific chiropractic. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's the whole, you know, it's not that that we don't all work together. Um, I I like working together. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's key, you know, for for somebody's overall health. Um, I had had somebody who told me, I don't know, there was this, this was like a functional doctor or something, I think that I'd seen. And it was basically like, they called it your round table, you know, to have all these different people, you know, you can have your doctor and your chiropractor that everybody's working together for the common good, which is your health, you know, like this doesn't have to be a battle of like, I, you know, I want all of your business, you know, like we can work together. (laughs) It's way more effective if you do. And I'm constantly trying to communicate, Hey, how can we together help this patient Mm -hmm. better? You know, um, I have a friend in the orthopedic world that I'll send, you know, knee issues and things Mm -hmm. like that, that are, um, I sent a knee fracture there, you know, the other day. And that's not something that I can handle. Right. Right. I mean, can help align the knee, but I can't. There's only so much. Brace it. Right. And so we probably talk an hour every two weeks about patients that we're working together on. And I literally keep a list so that I can go through that with her. So those patients can get a complete, complete care. And, and you wouldn't believe how many times by talking that we both are like, Oh yeah, I think this would be helpful. And like, we're externally processing and troubleshooting these problems that we need to think on the next level together and mm-hmm. we're bringing different perspectives. When you're just bringing one perspective, if, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And you <laughs> can only fix saying. with the yeah. hammer. Yeah, yeah. But if you're working with someone who has a saw and someone else who has a, you know, a nail gun or whatever. Like Phillips flathead. Like, yes, there you go. <laughs> then you can build something, yeah. right? So I agree with you. I think as a consumer, yeah. as a patient, as someone who's – sick and needs to get well or they're well and wants to stay well have a team of really good people that are on your side to work together to help you be healthy that Mm -hmm. care yeah you know yeah oh there's (laughs) cats really like me and i'm allergic oh no so i always feel bad (laughs) not not like being in the same room but i don't pet them because of that reason (laughs) she's beautiful for sure she likes to go outside um I think I had mentioned this uh like a couple maybe like a month or so ago when I saw you was it that I learned about uh Rockefeller and his like smear campaign against the yeah I've been wanting to look that up because it was fascinating there's a whole book on it which I want to I want to order from Amazon it's old it was written in the 1970s um but basically, like, the gist of it is that uh, John D. Rockefeller, who obviously is Standard Oil, like, Monopoly, you know, man, right. um, it was discovered that they could make pharmaceuticals from pet- – they could take petrochemicals, which is basically derived from oils, and make pharmaceutical drugs. So he saw this as a great opportunity to monopolize, you know, the healthcare industry – and force everyone to use his drugs. So it was basically a smear campaign against any type of alternative medicine. 
So that was when like the Flexner report started. So he was behind the Flexner report, which him and Carnegie, another monopolist, uh, got together and hired this man to go around the country and uh, report on all of the medical schools. And also basically if the medical schools did not agree to um, to push their curriculum on pharmaceuticals, then they basically were shut them down yeah is basically what happened so yeah. half of the medical institutions in this country were closed people were jailed just like you were saying uh the i think the um palmer or whoever who was like the founder of chiropractic care was prosecuted <laughs> like it's just uh god there's a crazy. lot of and it's still happening i was interviewed for a study and i didn't even know it was a study and um, literally barely remember the guy that came into my office and he probably talked to me for five minutes. And I found out later, and it was just, I don't even remember what the questions were, but they were just very general questions about the practice. And he wrote a rapport, uh, works for a local university, which I won't name, but um, wrote a rapport about how the effectiveness of chiropractic or something that he didn't test and... And I, I haven't read the report because Ugh, I, no first of all, right, yeah. but I also um, found found only the, the only way I found out about it was through a patient who like knows this person and knows that they're anti-chiropractic and like through their wife. And so it was oh, just this weird little triangle that I found out all this information and I'm, I'm an optimist and I'm like, always want to think the best of people. Yeah. And this was like two years ago. So it's still happening. And yeah. if, in and, and everything, but here's the lesson to learn from it. Everything you read is not true. Yeah. Everything you read is not well-researched. Um, and you need to make your own choices and your own right. decisions. And, I knew that chiropractic helped me. Right. Like there was no doubt in my mind. It was very apparent. Yeah. And um, and that's why us as chiropractors, even though, you know, if you're a good doctor, you're going to be busy, right? right? But we need to take the time to write up case studies about mm-hmm. the things that we've helped with. And we need to also put a little more effort into that. Um, publishing some positive things yes like other doctors do with their drugs and stuff mm-hmm. but like you said mm. it's not funded just like nutrition right. studies if something's natural there's no money in black it. seed oil yeah you can't with patent cholesterol. it right you know and so there's not the funding Ugh. like there is for no. other things but it really if you wanted to summarize what we're saying that mm-hmm. you know um educate yourself yeah. Make your own choices. Make your own decisions. Don't believe everything you read. Blindly follow. There's yeah. still there's still smear campaigns going on. Yeah, it's not just in the 1930s. Not just in the 1970s. Right. Not just in the 1990s. Right. Oh, it's happening like crazy right now, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, with food. I mean, um, well, and people that have been outspoken. Um, and I'm not even sure if this is the format to talk about it in. But there have been some like weird deaths of some people in the in the in the oh yes yes isn't that weird yeah yeah that's that's not i it cannot be coincidental do you know how many people are killing themselves now by hanging and do we all believe that those people were actually committing suicide i mean on all different sides holistic side like 
whistleblowers, all this kind of thing. It's like, come on. Right. There's some interesting things going on and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. But when you look at the data. I mean, I don't think you have to. I hate. It's so sad that that's become this like general term that everybody. If you don't believe something, (laughs) then you're a conspiracy theorist. You know, like just because I'm trying to logically like, you know, rationally think about about this in a different light, then I'm a conspiracy theorist. Right. That's just terrible. It is. And and it's some point you have to look at the objective evidence mm-hmm. and say okay objectively this is looking pretty fishy yeah this doesn't add up this yeah. does not make sense yeah so like yeah yeah and if you know if nothing else um positive comes out of you listening today yeah. you know one message I would have to people is think for yourself and make educated choices and make educated decisions and don't just follow the status quo, like mm-hmm. really research things and really think and really pop problem solve and get to the root cause. Right. What is the root cause of what your body is telling you right, right. now? Right. That's what I would tell people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I try to do with patients is let's get to the root cause or the root causes. Right. I mean, it could be, it could, yeah, it could be multiple things. This is the, you know, this started from this and then this is a symptom because if this is a imbalanced or this is, you know, out of alignment or whatever, yeah. I mean, it's just. And, and it's a wellness wheel. Like yeah. I've noticed when people's diet isn't as good and they have a sedentary lifestyle, they don't hold their alignment as well. Well, they don't feel confident either because they don't feel that great. Yeah. So then you're not, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a mental aspect to that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And patients will Which tell me all the like, time. You know, when you take pressure off the brains, then they're like, could this be affecting my sleep or could this be affecting my mood in a positive way? I'm like, absolutely. Totally. Yes. I mean, it's all connected. Yes. And I think that's like my biggest thing is that literally everything is connected. You know, your gut is connected to your brain health and your mental health and your spine is connected to your gut or your gut's connected to your spine. Yeah. Wish like that was a big thing. Yeah. But I like never. Yeah. yeah. When your gut's irritated, it's going to cause your spine to go out of alignment. They did an autopsy study. Or vice versa, right? I mean, I guess it could be, it's like the chicken before the egg. I don't know. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, we see it in babies all the time. Like if like a con, and it's not that we treat things with chiropractic. We don't treat anything. We're just taking pressure off the nervous system and allowing the body to heal itself. Mm -hmm. But constipated babies, nine times out of 10, there's some thing in their low back or sacrum that's out of alignment and it's like instant um the results so um you know you can see that especially in babies where they just don't have all the inner you know they don't have all the interference that adults have it's pretty instantaneous the results that you get it's pretty cool so um You've had some really, like, what's your most profound, like, what do you think is your most profound story? You know, the the one patient that always sticks with me, um, she had ventricular tachycardia, which most people don't really know what that is, but it's where the heart um, isn't isn't sending the right electrical messages Mm -hmm. to the ventricles, which a lot of people have AFib, that's the atrial side of it, but she had it in the ventricles. Um, and she had, was born with heart issues and she had an internal defibrillator to shock her heart back to working properly if it stopped, uh, which is a very scary thing to experience. And, um, and she, you know, also had a pacemaker to keep her heart functioning, but her heart function had gotten to the point where if she moved her neck a certain way, 
um, she would go into VTAC and she could feel it and it would startle her awake and she would panic and she was not sleeping in a bed or she had to sleep like sitting up in a chair because if anything like moved her neck in a certain way, it would make the VTAC worse. So her cardiologist said, well, maybe you need to go to a chiropractor. And she was going, she's like, I am going to a chiropractor, but she wasn't going to a neck specialist that specialized in the brain stem. Mm -hmm. And so her sister, who's a massage therapist, referred her to my office. I'll never forget talking to her and thinking, I have to help this lady because Mm -hmm. she's to the point where it can't get worse than this. And her heart function had been declining. And um, so we took really precise x-rays did really precise upper neck adjustment. And she literally like sends me her cardiology reports every year, her, Uh her output. And I, I, you know, I'm not a heart specialist, so I'm going to say this probably maybe a little bit. um, (laughs) It'll sound good to me. Yeah. But like, (laughs) I remember the report saying like her original output measurement was like 13.1%. And it was like the last you know, she reported to me it was like 16.4. And so her heart, which had been declining since birth, had it was improving was it? under specific upper cervical care and she could sleep in bed with her husband and she oh still that was in my old practice but she's still yeah. under upper cervical care wow. and um she she always texts me during a hurricane and says are you okay and oh my god <laughs> and so um I need to write up I've I've intended to write up a case study about you that should. um just because like how many other people and and maybe not everybody's tachycardia is yeah. due to right. unmisalignment in their neck but in her case yeah it was, right. and it contributed to the already existing heart problem that she had, and uh, her quality of life and everything is just so much better. So, I that's probably one of my favorite stories, um, even though it's a very different story than what I typically see. That's amazing. That's incredible. Um, but my favorite part of my job is just knowing that people's quality of life is so much better right. with pressure off their nervous system right. and seeing those changes and. Um, whether it be somebody who's 67 who has had chronic sciatica and they mm. can't do the things they want to do, like that in, in, interferes awful. with so many activities. Yeah, awful. And um, you know, just giving them some hope that they can play with their grandkids on the floor again and garden if they want to garden, or just not to have those limitations. And when I'm working on someone, whether they be zero years old because <laughs> the youngest baby I ever dressed with four hours old what? um yeah and what so whether they be four hours old or whether they be um 87 I am looking at their 87 year old body or their 88 year old body to see what future is this body living into mm-hmm. I don't want to just get them out of pain for that minute right. I want their body to be healthy when they're 80 90 years old yeah you know, God willing. Right. <laughs> so well. that's how I look at it. And that's why I teach people. Right. How to make an educated choice about taking care of their spine. Yeah. And, and their whole well-being. I mean, that's why I love chiropractic too. Cause it's, it's like, it's like the whole package, you know? I mean, you know, yeah. you're like pushing, you know, an advocate for nutrition and like all of these things, which like, yeah. And know. one thing, you know, I will speak to you right now, just cause we're getting into flu season <laughs> and you go you can't go anywhere without it's like get your flu oh shot gosh. and we'll pay you a ten dollar gifts card to get your flu shot and there have been more research studies on chiropractic and in, in the immune system than any other topic and you can literally draw people's blood before an adjustment 
draw it after and see a rise in immune cells. And when I was in chiropractic school at Cleveland Chiropractic College in Kansas City, I helped compile the data for a study that they did on all HIV positive patients where HIV was slowly, you know, wrecking their immune Mm. system. And they took blood studies and measured the improvement in all of the immune markers, CD4, T killer cells, which are like the generals that go around and, and tell your white blood cells what to do. Yeah. Those people's immune response improved over, there was a 16-week study, and it was so, the data was so compelling on the improvement that they compiled the data at eight weeks, and they put everybody into the adjusting group for the last eight weeks wow. because they didn't want to leave out the control group that was getting you know, an adjustment with, with no spring in the activator yeah. is how they were getting quote unquote. And so they weren't getting like a real movement of their spine. Oh, wow. So it was a very, very good, um, um, Dr. Mark Pfeffer did that research study and it was a really good compelling research study on the effects of the immune system. But we, we don't question getting a flu shot. No. We don't question what, mm. what's in like, what is in it? like you said, you know, you shouldn't, um, eat anything that you don't know how to pronounce all the ingredients. You should never have anything injected into you that you don't know what the ingredients are because not only like something you Mm -hmm. eat at least goes through your liver before it goes to, you know what I mean? But like injecting it straight into your blood, it could go to your brain. So people need Mm -hmm. to not blindly accept what's being told to them but they actually need to to research what's in it and is it safe you can go to uh the cdc.gov uh-huh uh forward slash vaccines i might include this on my show notes for people to look at because a friend sent this to me and it's a list of the vaccines and the ingredients to the vaccines oh that's wonderful and it is extremely frightening and you know i'm not saying it's just like you you know i'm just telling people to do their own research yeah don't blindly i mean first off do we even trust the government anymore most of us don't so like you're going to trust the government (laughs) to to tell you what kind of crap to inject in your body you know and And part of this oh sorry um the lady the girl who had sent this to me is a nurse she was a nurse but she got out of it and now is doing holistic and nutrition coaching because she just felt like she couldn't really heal anyone um, for what kind of, you know, for acute things, obviously medical mm-hmm. or Western medicine is amazing. If I break my leg, I'd like to go to the hospital probably. Um, but for most chronic illnesses, no, it's not a good thing um, uh, because it doesn't get to the root cause. But so part of her thing was that they were being forced to get vaccinated, which when she started doing her research on like what was in the vaccines and whatnot, she was like, I don't want to do that. So now she's very outspoken about just making your own choice mm-hmm. and not, mm-hmm. not just, yeah, going at yeah. it blindly. I mean, yeah. these ingredients for this crap, I mean, formaldehyde is the number one uh, aluminum. The high amount of aluminum that's in these vaccines is like, oh, like 16 times the recommended FDA allow, like, you know, recommended amount yeah for people yeah yeah Um, and I think there's um a misunderstanding too that if parents are 
we want to be able to choose right. if parents say, I want to be able to choose the vaccinations that my, my mm-hmm. son or daughter receives, or if I want to choose not to vaccinate my son or daughter, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I've jumped on some bandwagon. Right. It means that I've done my research and because of their allergies or because their dad had a reaction, mm-hmm. like if my husband and I had chosen to have kids, you know, my husband had a reaction to one of his vaccinations, like when he was three years old. So, so it's likely that, that the offspring might also. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that would be a reason. So, or right. if you, you know, the future of, of truly the future of medicine and nutrition, I think is going to be genetic testing. Mm. Um, it's already starting to happen. Um, in fact, I just ordered <laughs> a kit to test myself because um, I've done some testing before, mm-hmm. but if you know that you have the genes that don't detoxify well, oh, right. There's specific genes that Mm -hmm. tell you how well your body detoxifies or doesn't detoxify well. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you need to be very careful what you put in your body. Yes, because those are the kids, I think, that are having more of the reactions. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that until it's too late, right? right? So if you don't know the genetic composition of your child and you don't know what is in the vaccination it is possible to test those two things and to learn those two things and then make an actual educated decision about whether or not you feel that's safe for your child, Um, not for me to choose. Right. So, but, um, it's just like what I went through medically, what you went through medically. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just kind of the standard of care, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work for me to be on multiple antibiotics. It actually did some damage to my body. It made it worse. I mean, and it's just going to, it's like a festering wound. Still you know? to this day, can't eat sugar without, you know, feeling sick because mm. of all those years. So um, I think I wish I had questioned sooner. I wish I had learned I sooner. I wish I had. I but I think if, if I can, you know, if we can give anybody any message, don't get overwhelmed by the conversation. Right. We've talked about a lot of different right. things today. <laughs> um, but just start thinking for yourself and doing yeah. your own research and, um, and like giving your body the honor of saying, I'm going to honor you by knowing what I'm putting in you. I'm going to honor mm-hmm. you by, by taking pressure off your nervous system. Yeah. I'm going to honor you by going to bed a little early tonight, right. whatever that is. Um, and, and you know, education and, and listening. Right. It's like a form of self-respect. I saw a meme for that and it was like, you know, eating healthier, you know, be caring about your health is a form of of self-respect mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. you're taking care of your body because this is the only one we got so uh, <laughs> we're not doing gotta live in. we're not doing body replacements yet <laughs> and that right. would be disturbing <laughs> they do that in you know weird sci-fi movies right so. <laughs> i hope it doesn't get to that um well, awesome. Uh, this has been amazing. So are you taking new patients at this point or you're, I mean, I know you're so that's a really good. That's a really good question. Um, I do take new patients and okay. I like new patients okay. because I love challenges yeah. and I love problem solving. Yeah. Um, I only take as many new patients as my schedule can handle right. because I have a really strong commitment to my existing patients and I don't like it when doctors just cram patients in their schedule and right. they don't have ample time for each patient. Yeah. So what I've done in the past and what I'm doing now is um, I, I'm taking one new patient a week and it's kind of first come, first serve. So I think my mm-hmm. first new patient opening is it's about two months wait. Yeah. Um, I do have an excellent doctor in my clinic yeah. Um, yeah. that is really um, made things so much better because she's able to see 
the patients that um, want to be seen sooner, and mm-hmm. I have the utmost confidence that they're going to get really good care from her. That's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's options, and and um, and so yeah. that's yeah, mm-hmm. people can choose. Cool. So <laughs> your website is. Um, stonechiropractic.net.net. Net. Okay. Yes, stonechiropractic.net. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much for being here. This is awesome. Yeah, it was okay. wonderful. No, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, and I really honor the work that you're doing. Oh, I wanted to say that because I think um, in order to be healthy, you have to continually be inspired yeah. to yes. do it, and your podcasts have been, have been an inspiration to me, so oh, I appreciate you. that. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Okie doke, y'all. Until next time, peace and plants. Isn't she just the sweetest thing ever? So knowledgeable and compassionate. She seriously has helped me so much on my road to healing. I think a large uh, takeaway from this episode is to do your own research. You know, make your own choices regarding your health. Also, that oftentimes being and staying healthy is a multifaceted approach. I know it was for me. We can't just expect to eat a bunch of greens and everything's going to be okay. We need to explore different avenues of healing. Uh, Chiropractic, uh, just like any industry, doctors, nutritionists, acupuncture, car sales people, (laughs) you name it, do your own research and find the person you trust and respect And at the end of the day, let us all make conscious choices to take care of our minds and bodies the best way that we see fit. As always, thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast with your friends and family if you think that they can benefit from it. Like and subscribe. And until next time, my conscious friends, peace and plants.